25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. Left left. 372 Y sticks. The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Plenty of coffee in the thermos. I still have a little left. Roger, I that's mean, a song that, that uh, your band that you like could do. Yes, it. Plenty of coffee in the thermos by the Tennessee Mafia Jug Band. Look at that. If you look closely, there's a little steam coming off that coffee I just poured out of that twelve dollar thermos from Walmart. That coffee went in there this morning at five a.m. You had to look hard to get one that didn't have any logo on it, didn't you? Hmm. Hold just a second. Wait a minute. Rotate. Oh, so it's got the thermos logo. It's thermos. I mean, you know, that's the original. You went old school. I sure did. It worked. They used to be, we had to be careful with our thermos. Yeah. You know, because they had glass inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. If you dropped yeah, it. You had, everybody was carrying their lunch to in those metal boxes. Put soup in it. Back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day. <laughs> Speaking of old school, I'm actually in the same studio as Roger yeah. doing a radio show looking at a guy. Somebody messaged me just a minute ago, Debbie, who you're, you're watches right. the show. The studio yesterday had much more, uh, better accoutrements. <laughs> accoutrements, yeah. Uh, right. And, of course, my wife was there, the homecoming queen. She yeah. stopped in. Somebody who watches the show every day on Facebook since I started it, Debbie, just sent me a message on Facebook. You doing a live broadcast today? So, see, I need to let the people know who watch on Facebook, and you can just listen online. Yeah. You can fire up your camera over there if you want to. We got Wi-Fi around here. Yeah, do we? That's all right. I hadn't put my makeup on. Oh, that's right. For your hair hat. Hair hat. <laughs> got to spray some hair on. Spray my beard on, you know, trim it up. First time I met Wayne Newton. I've only met him twice. So <laughs> hold on, hold on. Time out. Time out. Think about that intro, y'all. Is a segue or what? Time out. Think about the intro in any party of any conversation where someone says, well, now listen. The first time I met Wayne Newton, <laughs> dot, 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 <laughs> you had me. You've got my full attention well, because I, not only have you met Wayne Newton, apparently you've met, done it more than once. Exactly. I have. I have. He, uh, which, but you got to understand when you meet Wayne Newton, rarely is it like you see on TV where you actually meet him and you, you, you meet him, but there's Donka he, he Shane. With like eight bodyguards. Oh, really? I, I worked. I worked at. He's like Nick Saban. Like ten years, and I never saw anybody with one that was obvious. This guy had these guys. They were all around him, like two on each side, one in the front, one in the back. <laughs> but anyway, he he came out early. Why to, though? To actually, the first time he didn't have all those bodyguards. He came to Miss One Hundred Three, which where I used to work, and he had a country a song that he crossed over. Okay. And here's the reason I brought this up. He had his sideburns came down. And then, you know, and also it went up in his hairline, you know, you know, where it kind of starts to fade back a little bit. No, they'd straighten his right out. His looked like he had gone to the barber and had it cut in there with the clippers, but it was all spray on. 
spray on I hair. I mean, the lines were so sharp and tight, like it had, had a masking tape on there. Wow. And I, the first time I'd ever run into that. Uh-huh. And this is 7.30 in the morning. Uh-huh, right. Yeah. So he slept in it? Well, like that or he, you know, he. They fixed him on the bus on the way over. Well, I, I remember something that, uh, <laughs> that uh, somebody said about, I guess it was uh, Elvis's wife, Priscilla, said he wouldn't come down, Elvis wouldn't come down from the upper layer level at the house until he was, quote, Elvis. Quote, Elvis. Yeah. It was his hey, whole deal. Speaking of Elvis, last yeah. night at uh, our church there in Tupelo, my daughter, who's eight, she really sings well and enjoys it, music, you know, all that stuff, the yeah. arts, dancing, everything. And at church, they have the little kids' choir, you know, and they, I think they were doing some stuff they're going to do at Christmas, going ahead and working on it. And she's got a solo. Or, well, I take it back. I think the story they told me, my wife and my daughter told me, was that um, they said, okay, we're going to do this and this, and then we'll have one of y'all sing a solo. And and the other kids go, oh, you should let Mary Liddy do it, because they all know she really sings well. Like, oh, yeah, she can really sing. And the other, and the one little boy goes, yeah. And looks at my daughter and says, "You should back up for Elvis." <laughs> In church now, church choir. Well, the prerequisites for that are kind of tough. <laughs> you should back up for Elvis. Yeah, you got to die first. <laughs> I'm thinking this kid's eight. Now he lives in Tupelo, but what a thought process! You should you sing well. You ought to back up for Elvis. <laughs> I'm great. glad that little kids are dropping Elvis references. I I feel like yeah. You know, we're, we're in good hands now. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's going to live on. Well, everybody in Tupelo knows about Elvis, for sure. Oh, that's, yeah. Right, yeah. All right, here we go. Several ways for you to be a part of the show. We're getting hour number two started. A lot of ground to cover here. Uh, mainly, I do want to hear from you, so give me a call. The Divinity Equipment phone line is 995-1059. It's a 601 number. Y'all know it. 995-1059. If you'd like to text, that's good, too. 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. It's a 601 number. If you tweet me, I'll do my best to see it. Um, people on Twitter today have been going on and on and on about this video that surfaced from the Florida versus Kentucky game. You know, Florida quarterback Felipe Franks has a dislocated ankle. He's done for the year. And a local news station found some of their sideline video they shot of Kentucky linebacker Cash Daniel. Isn't that his name? Who is, it appears in the video on the, on the bottom of a pile that he's intentionally trying to twist the ankle and foot of a Florida player, like trying to injure it. And Tyler sent that to me on Twitter and says, I hope state players tape their ankles good this week. Yeah. Um, you know, I see the video and I know it's people are having a big, you know, visceral reaction to it. I hate to kind of be this sound like this old guy who's like, oh, well, back in my day. But look, what else is new? Somebody <laughs> twisting somebody's ankle on the bottom of a pile. If that's the worst thing that happens under one of those piles, it, I mean, then. We're okay. What, the, I, guy, the guy reaches with his hands and is trying to. He, it's like a scrum of people. He's there, and I think he realizes he's on the ground and has a an orange colored cleat in his grasp. So he eh, twists it real good and sees if he can't make it pop. Ah, uh, yeah. well, that could go both ways with those cleats. It can go both ways. 
And and again, no, I'm not condoning it. No, you shouldn't do it. Probably happens in just about every game, and you don't see it. Maybe not not to that extent. I'm not taking up for the kid. He shouldn't have done it. Now that the video surfaces, will the SEC suspend him? They might. A few years ago, well, five years ago, um, didn't Dylan Day, the center for Mississippi State, have a, like a quarter or a half suspension because video caught him kind of stepping on a guy on purpose? There was a it was Dak Prescott the night they beat LSU in Baton Rouge and he had the big run and there was video of after kind of at the end of a play, Dylan Day hurdles a guy. There's another player on the ground and he appears to step on him on purpose. Yeah, okay, gets caught on camera. You suspend the guy. Maybe they should suspend this guy. But again, what I'm telling you is a lot of things happen on, in, in piles. And you shouldn't intentionally try to injure someone. But I'm not going to sit here and act surprised, just to be just to be totally honest with you on that. Um, Bulldog Barney says, um, he, he asked about that. He said, I may have missed it. I'm just tuning in. But what about? This guy for Kentucky twisting Trask's ankle. The video is plain. If he pulls that crap in Stark Vegas, he should limp back to Lexington and off the team. And see, that's the other thing about it is is retaliation. You pull that kind of stuff, it's going to come back and get you. Other teams see that on film, and they're they're going to get you. You know. So he, I would say that after the video surfaced, it's not opposing players who should extra tape their ankles. It's him. That's what I'm telling you is reality. All right, here we go. Loaded up on the Divinity Equipment phone line. First up, Oliver. Hey, what's up, Oliver? I got a couple of things. Uh, I'll be there October the fifth when you come to October third when you come to Jackson. All right, looking forward to it. And two, and the last two would be number two. Uh, I was listening to something other sports related podcast that Kentucky gives up 150, 160 yards. On the ground, and two hundred like sixty in the air. If Keaton was, uh, well, would would you put him in there and mm. get those rushing yards? Uh, be kind of like the Dan uh, Dan Mullen, uh, yeah, offense, yeah. And then uh, I can't remember my third point, but well, that's uh, okay, Oliver. I, let me tell you what I think on that second thing about the to to beat Kentucky. They they are good enough against the run that very few teams are going to be able to be like one-dimensional, run the ball, and beat them and score a lot of points. But teams that are multidimensional, especially the ones who can throw it, are going to give Kentucky fits, and they're going to open up their run game because of it. All right. So you're asking about Keaton Thompson. This is what I'm telling you. A fully healthy Tommy Stevens gives you the, the the best mesh of both worlds. There is no debate about that. He's the best thrower when he's healthy. Last week he was not healthy. There were out-of-character throws for him because of that shoulder. If they get him to 85%, my prediction is he'll hit a bunch of big throws against that Kentucky secondary. And when healthy, Tommy runs the ball plenty well enough to keep a defense honest and to run the RPO stuff. It's just last week, he didn't want to get hit because of the injury. He goes and he dives at the line of scrimmage the first time he ran the ball, and it sent a message to Kentucky, uh, to Kansas State that I, he's not going to want to run the ball. So they stopped worrying about in their pressure on the line of scrimmage and the way they played the run game. 
they stopped worrying about the possibility of quarterback run as long as he was in there. And it really helped them to stop Colin Hill up some there in the first quarter. So all that to say, he can do it. And then what if it's not Tommy, then who can do it? My thing is this. If Keaton Thompson wants to redshirt so that he can transfer out, then it's it's time to get him out of the uniform and play the and play Schrader. He's your backup. I don't know that to be the case though. I had some people last week tell me that Keaton's fine every in every other way he's just banged up. I had some people tell me that he's banged up. And and I knew that he had had some some issues before the whole might transfer thing popped up. If that's the case, it makes sense. And it's, then it would be just a matter of him being healthy. All of that said, Oliver, the best case scenario for this Mississippi State team would be Tommy Stevens, your starter, Keaton Thompson, your backup. That's best case scenario. If everybody's 100% especially healthy and full bore, because then if Tommy's not in there, Keaton can go in and you don't miss a beat. But for whatever reason, we haven't had that. And I don't know that anybody's gotten a real clear answer yet as to why Keaton hasn't been your backup in these games, other than he missed nearly 10 days with the think I'll transfer deal. And I've been told he's not 100% healthy. Oliver, I appreciate your call. Thank you. Uh, all right. Bye. Um, who's next? Mountain Dog or Chicken Hawk? Chicken Hawk. What's up, Chicken Hawk? I ain't going to tell you till you do it right, man. You got to address me the right way. Thank you, Roger. <laughs> well, well, the the best thing is up is Jesus, man. You know that. Absolutely. Oh, hey, did uh, Roger explain to you what yes, I was wanting you to do? He did very well. He gave me the full explanation, so I've got it. I got my instructions. Okay, are you going to do it? Cause yes. I mean, okay, because you you got to you got to see the first three, but the one last week. Oh, uh, I ain't never seen nothing like that before take off. But you'll finally get to see me. And But if you ever come down to the tailgate, you'll get to see who I really am. Because, okay. uh, you know, when I get in front of a microphone, because I've been in front of a microphone all my life on the chicken band radio. And okay. then I finally I finally learned you how know, to march on this. Yeah, chicken band radio, you know. that's But if folks you go to the school up north, that's called a... CB radio or Citizens Band radio. That's what them folks up, yeah, them children up north, you know. But uh, but I, I finally learned how to mod on this, you know, uh, uh cellular device, yeah. and you know, it, it, but now if I was able to come down there to where y'all at, cause see y'all got that talk back. Now see on the Chicken Band radio, you got to talk back too, and that helps a whole lot with your whole persona. When you go to margin on on the radio, you know that, right? Yeah, and Chicken Hawk, I think what I'm picking up is you really, really are lobbying to come into the studio and be on the radio, aren't you? Let's just get, let's just well, get it out there. Well, I've had some folks and uh, on something, you know, they they texted in to y'all about that, but now it has yeah. to be after Christmas when after I get Christmas. my my yeah after my slate of uh, vacation days because I got a vacation day I'm taking for the the egg bowl. And then I'm saving three for me and Lou okay. Bell to right. go uh, deer hunting. Okay. Right. You know, so then I, I, after, after January 11th, y'all kind of book me in. Okay. All right. But now, we'll see, I want, I, want, I want you to come by the tailgate so you, 
you can see that I'm just about as normal as normal can be. Until, and well, well, now, when you see these videos, okay, I told Lou Bell that you was going to, you know, friend her so she can see. But now, look, the one that I just fuck up uh, for this weekend, oh, dude, look at him. Oh, I can't even believe, I mean, I, I couldn't even believe myself when I told Lou Bell it and sang it to her. So, uh, I mean, you, you just got to wait till you do it. But do want to tell Roger and then she'll send them the first three to you. And then Saturday, uh, you know, we'll send the, the one after we make it on the way up to Start Bank. All right. Appreciate the call, Chicken Hawk. Thank you, man. Hey, hey, wait, one thing, two things. Hail State and see, see ya. Chicken Hawk's out. And and I and Roger and the only two people on the face of the earth that know what any of that was about. Doesn't work too well on the radio, but that's that's the way it happens. Well, he's got some videos he's put out. He's got some videos yeah. he's put out, and he wants me to see him, and I'm going to see him. Yeah. All right, all right, Mountain Dog. Thanks for hanging on. What's up? You know the 300th or so time that I met Jerry Clower. <laughs> I'd love to have one of those yeah. stories. The first time that I went fishing with Jerry Clower, I mean. He looks me you know, straight. He taught, he taught me sun. He taught me Sunday school. Oh, that's awesome! Roger looked that's me square in the church. eye. Roger looked me square in the <laughs> eye as if it were no big deal at all, and just very matter of factly says, "Now, the first time I met Wayne Newton, and I mean, I'm just like, wait a minute. All right, so <laughs> what do you got, Mountain Dog? So uh, getting on the ankle thing. This was years ago, and I watched it on some NFL film. A running back was talking about playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he got in a scrum, you know, and it was a big pile. And he said he felt something on his ankle, and he looked down, and Jack Ham, missing his two front teeth, was gnawing on his ankle. <laughs> <laughs> At so least that, he was missing some that, teeth. That happened, you know, Jack Ham was missing those two front teeth. He was one of those old-school players mm -hmm. and uh, for Pittsburgh. Right, and, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, he's he down it. He's down there gnawing on a bone. <laughs> that is outstanding. All right, brother. Take Thank care. You. I'm out. Thank you, Mountain Dog. Look, man, it's not a. It sounds like it's a joke, but I promise you, it's not a joke. Some guy might be gnawing on your ankle at the bottom of the pile where nobody can see. And you got to think, <laughs> '60s and '70s, there's no TV cameras. Even when I played 20 years ago, we're on Je Jefferson Pilot. A lot of these games, we got like four cameras in the stadium. You know, we don't have. 12 cameras and replay and HD like we do now. A few years ago, you had uh, you know, Clemson. You had what I call the clutch play yeah, where the guy reached up there. And oh, yeah, grabbed him. <laughs> Got himself suspended for that. If he gets caught on camera, they suspend you nowadays because they kind of have to. But everybody involved with the sport knows, man, you wouldn't believe some of the stuff that goes on. I know for a fact, and this is awful, but I know for a fact. Then in the 90s, there were times when linemen, you know, the linemen would wear these big gloves. They'd smear, like, that Flexol, you know, the icy hot stuff yeah. on their hands. they try to get in your eyes. They'd put it in guys' eyes in the bottom of the pile. You'd see linemen go running off the field, wiping their eyes out. I mean, all kinds of stuff happens. Pretty easy catch them, well, not red-handed, but yeah. whatever. Right. Men Mentholated-handed. Look. 20 years ago. Or the atomic bomb. Oh, Lord. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. The same stuff. The icy high atomic bomb stuff. The, the atomic bomb jock trick. Yes. Yeah. I heard about that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, 20 years ago, my senior that, year. I can almost smell the stuff in here now. <laughs> once you smell it, you can't get it yeah. out of your head. Um, 20 years ago against Kentucky, 
Matter of fact, um, so they're hosting Kentucky this weekend, and some, some guys from state are working with the ESPN people, and they texted me and asked me if I had a picture or anything from that game in 99. We came back and won, went on a drive at the end of the game, and kicked the field goal to win. We That made us 8-0. It was a big deal. It was on ESPN. Kirk Herbstreit and um, Corso were calling that game that night. It was a wow. neat thing with Mike Tarico. Far they went back. I know. Yeah, 20 years ago they're calling games. But anyway, um, that game, second half, they had a linebacker, and, and, and his name was Snediger. Linebacker at Kentucky. He wore number 17. He was pretty good. Uh, his last name was Snediger. And we had a deal where it was just an incomplete pass, but he hit me. So I'm getting rid of the ball as I get hit. We're on the ground. And as I'm pushing up, like doing a push-up to start getting up off the ground, he very intentionally steps right in the middle of my hand and twists his hand, you know, he twists it. (laughs) I mean, twists his foot on my hand to see if he can't break my hand. Very intentionally, just steps on it. It's right in front of the official. I think it even kind of got caught on TV, and I get up. I've I've still got scars on the back of my hand right now from where it happened. And I look at the official, I'm like, you didn't see that? You're looking right at it. He stepped on me on purpose. The official's like, because they see that kind of stuff all the time. Wow. So it's not a new thing for anybody, really, that... Some stuff a little outside the lines happens. You just have to deal with it. Right. If it gets caught, you get suspended. And if the the thing that's dangerous is like for this kid, players around the league see it, now he's a target. Just getting started in hour number two. A ways to go. We'll get to your phone calls next in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. You are listening to The Matt Wyatt Show on Mississippi's first choice for sports talk. The Zone 105.9. And online at thezone1059.com. Back. Oh, yes. Flash <laughs> <laughs> of the path. That daggum Snoopy, man. I remember when I first saw... When- you first heard Snoopy make a sound. I was like floored because Snoopy never made any sound. Never made any sound. Yeah, yeah. And then they have him laughing, and it's the most like <laughs> unnatural thing. You've never heard anything like Snoopy's laugh. Yeah. It is absolutely one of a kind. Back on the show, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio, sitting here looking at Roger, <laughs> sharing the space with Roger. I'm looking at Matt. We both got a bad deal. <laughs> Minnie Pearl said, um, well. I'm just so proud to be here. No, said. Uh, Cheer. <laughs> when they were, when God was handing out looks, I thought they said books and told them, give me a funny one. <laughs> That's kind of how we are. There you go. Nick Saban, quote, via the Lafayette Daily Advertiser. Now, how does, how do they get a quote like this? From Nick Saban. Quote, if there was one thing professionally that I would do over again, it would have been not to leave LSU. Now, how about that? Now, when did he say this? The SEC Network tweeted it out 22 hours ago, so yesterday, with the caption, what if? 
Now, you know, yesterday would have been who would have gone to Alabama? What would, have, would they have won the championship? Yeah. Well, would LSU no. have? Yeah. LSU would have just built into this unstoppable force, maybe. Because what Nick Saban does and did at LSU and Alabama is just put together the best rosters. Now, he is an excellent coach, manages the teams, keeps it up, excellent motivator. All of that is part of winning. Yeah. Nobody would take that credit away from him. And recruiting is just as big a part as anything else. There are a lot of great coaches, air quotes there, who majority of their success is they can recruit. A lot of them have done it. Others, you know, you look at a Dan Mullen, his success is not necessarily about recruiting as much as it is excellent game day coach, really smart game plan, and develops players, right? Like if you look, Dak Prescott may be the highest paid player in the league here in a few weeks. It could be, or close to it anyway. Three-star player out of Louisiana. Preston Smith, he's with Green Bay now. He's going to get paid handsomely. Has already been paid handsomely by the Redskins and then again as a free agent. He's a two-star player out of high school. (laughs) Bernard McKinney, you know, is he's one of the better linebackers in the NFL. Bill Belichick himself last year said about Bernard McKinney that it was kind of a crime that they didn't put him on a Pro Bowl. And because they had so much respect for him as a player, he'd make all kinds of money. He's a two-star player, played quarterback in high school at Tunica Rosa Ford, and they turned him into a lineman. So for Dan, it's like a, about developing players. So I'm not, I wouldn't take anything away from Saban. What I, when I saw this, I thought what it speaks to is how smart he is at this point in his life. He can see the picture, and that is it's, it's much easier to assemble a dominant roster of players at LSU and at Alabama, for example, than it is on an NFL team like the Miami Dolphins, right? There's no such thing in the NFL. I, okay, the Patriots. But if we're comparing coaches, I mean, the, the Patriots have not had the best roster of players year in and year out in the NFL. They just keep winning. So that's different. Nick Saban at Michigan State didn't have the best roster of players and, frankly, didn't win much. Or, I say much, didn't win everything. Nick Saban goes to the Dolphins. It's the NFL. Everybody spends money. Free agents here, free agents there. You get a draft. You're not recruiting players. You're signing players. And frankly, you got 32 teams in the NFL, and the rosters from the best one to the worst one ain't that big of a gap, right? And what they do, they're just really good and average with the Dolphins. But at LSU, over a period of time, the way he recruited the best, he, he, he had a top two, three roster of players at LSU every year he was there. Built it so much in terms of loaded with talent that when he left, Les Miles walks in there and just keeps right on winning. Because they're loaded. Alabama, every year. Number one, number two, recruiting class in the country. Every single year. It's not a joke, even though Steve Spurrier kind of joked about it a couple of years ago. (laughs) When he was still at South Carolina, he said, well, my gosh, if you have the number one recruiting class every year, you ought to win the national championship every year, right? That might be underachieving if you don't. Point is, 
because of recruiting in college football, which involves money, budgets, things are not equal. There's no cap on spending and recruiting. There's no cap on recruiting staff off the field. There's not. So do you think there's any SEC school that couldn't keep up with the rest of them? Are you saying there's just some that don't? I'm just saying there's some that don't. And like what if, I'm saying if is money when, could buy a championship, Texas would win every year. That's it. If money could buy a championship, Texas would win it. Oregon would win it. Texas A and M would win it. It's not just money. It's a coach, a staff, an operation that you're showing the right things on the field and therefore in recruiting you're hitting all these home runs. And you don't say no to Nick Saban. They've built it to that point. He deserves all that credit. But when we talk about coaching, if you're just talking about scheming and X's and O's, that's not I mean, they're good, Saban's good, but that's not the deal. He knows right here with this quote. If there was one thing professionally I would do over again, it would have been not to leave LSU. He knows. When he left LSU and went to the Miami Dolphins and he looked around and realized, we, we may not ever have one of the best rosters of players in the NFL here in Miami. We may not ever have that. He could have stayed at Miami as long as they would have him, and every year he may look at other teams, <laughs> Dallas, Denver, New England, now Kansas City. Every year there are 10 teams in the NFL with better rosters than Miami. Just because they miss on a draft pick or two. A guy gets hurt and retires. You sign a free agent, give him a bunch of money, and he just quits on you because now he's rich. It happens every year in the NFL. And you can't out-coach guys in the NFL. They all are the best coaches. (laughs) But in college football, because let me tell you something, the alumni are in and around the state of Alabama. They care now. They care. LSU, they care. Understatement. I was at SEC Media Days about seven, six, seven years ago. I got to interview Gene Stallings. Towards the end of the interview, he was asked the question, you coached at Texas A&M and you coached at Alabama. If you could go back into coaching right now, which one of those would you want to coach? And he leaned over and kind of had this gleam in his eye, and he goes, I'd coach at Alabama. I said, why is that? He goes, it's a lot easier to win at Alabama. And he had this look on his face. At Alabama, you can go get their best roster. And they've proven that. 66 dog on the Divinity Equipment phone line. What's up? Hey, Matt. Hey. Uh, just wanted to, I'm not, uh, wanted to come to your dinner in Jackson, but I'm not going to be able to. So because of that, I wanted to throw a question out to you. And just see what uh, what your idea okay. would be. But uh, I, over the years, watching football go from under center to the shotgun to the spread to the RPO, and as uh, defenses became more familiar with each of these types of offenses, it seemed like it became easier for them to stop them. But uh, I guess my question, I'm trying to figure out how to say this without sounding real stupid, so I'm just going <laughs> to throw it out and see what happens. But okay. uh, it seems like that running the offense that teams are running now, state included, that it's harder to have plays that 
can offset maybe what the defense is doing. And I guess my point is, they used to, when you're taking a snap under center, if they were rushing you real hard, you could do a hey, hey, ball play. Hey, 66, dog, uh, hang, hang on the yep. phone. We got music going. We got to come back in just a sec. Hang on. The Matt Wyatt Show. Yeah. You're on the air. On Mississippi's number one sports station, The Zone 105.9. And online at thezone1059.com. All right, so when your thought gets cut off, uh, 66 dog by the commercial break, it may be hard to pick up right where you left off. But you were talking about schematically offenses, defenses, and you had a question. So uh, tell me what your question is. Yeah, well, I guess my question is, do you think that it would be feasible for coaches to go back to the under center type formations that would maybe give defensive coordinators a little harder time planning on different types because you could maybe run different formations from week to week and give them a little more to look at. And also when you got a fourth and one or fourth and a half yard, you're not trying to run six or seven yards to pick up one yard from deep in the backfield. Uh, Absolutely. I don't – it just seems like now there's – there's just limited things you can do out of the RPO, and you're they're, you're keying on a couple of people. Where if you're under center, you're just basically checking off to their formations and what yeah. they're reacting to, and maybe yeah. you have more options to do things. I was yeah. just wondering what your opinion was. Well, I, I do think that, and you know, everything you've heard this phrase, everything is cyclical. Stuff just goes out of style, then it comes back into style. And right. like last week, looking at Kansas State, they are an example of a team that could throw two tight ends at you with a fullback and a quarterback under center. And because of the day that we live, that is now unusual. And you don't see it very much anymore, especially effectively. And so it's something that defenses aren't used to seeing, game planning for, and they don't know as much how to play against it. Whereas 20 years ago, that was the norm. That's what everybody did. And you, you weren't surprising anybody by having two tight ends and a, and a fullback. You know? so, so what I'm saying is you could, have, um, you, you could have a situation where now everybody is so accustomed to shotgun and everything. And, you know, the spread offense stuff, I love it. I like seeing the ball in the air. It's fun. And with RPO systems and spread systems, it's much easier. It is. It is much easier to get an offense up and down the field 20 to 20, the 20-yard line to the other 20-yard line. But then all of a sudden it gets tough. And you're right. Now, we've all seen the last two years, State has had some trouble at times. They certainly did last year on the goal line, running their their offense out of the shotgun on the goal line. And and it seems like you're running plays because there's zone runs and they – take a while to develop and teams on the goal line really crowd you that if you were under center and you had a quick handoff, you'd have a better chance of kind of popping it in there. And I, I tend to agree with that. The other side, well, the other thing is, no, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. The other thing is too, just like when Dak went to the pros, one of the knocks was he's never taken snaps under center. Wouldn't that prepare college quarterbacks for pros a little better if they were more used to doing the, that type of offense? It sure would, and it'd be good for the quarterbacks 
be good to be able to do both. Um, just just for some obvious reasons, you know, there's some things you're going to want to run under center. You're going to be better on the goal line. If you can jump under center and do quarterback sneak stuff in, you know, third in the yard when you need to, you got a better chance of drawing a team up on a play action in short yardage situation, hitting it over their head. But I will say right. this. I will say this. It's much more difficult to read coverage and secondary stuff on the fly when, as a quarterback, you have to turn your back to the defense. And so you've got it, you've got to be really well coached and you've got to be able to win some one-on-one matchups. When the quarterback's coming out from under center out in the field, he turns around to make a play fake and the whole defense is behind him to his back. And now I'm going to make this play fake and flip around and, you know, I better be able to get one guy open. So I don't know. It's just I think what you're touching on, it makes sense that if an offense now, like we saw with Kansas State, can put two tight ends in the game, maybe a third, show them a different look, and put the quarterback under center in some situations and kind of make it look like power but do some different stuff out of it, you could use it to your advantage. It's just a matter of practicing it where you know, you'd be able to execute it every time. Hey, I appreciate your call and your question. Thank you. Um, I mentioned this earlier in the show. I never got back to it. Check this out. NFC East starting quarterbacks since week 11 of 2004. All right, NFC East. Giants, Redskins, Eagles, Cowboys. Since 2004. 15 years, we're going on it. Starting quarterbacks for these teams since 2004. The Redskins. Kirk Cousins, Donovan McNabb, Jason Campbell, John Beck, Mark Brunel, Colt McCoy, Patrick Ramsey, Rex Grossman, Robert Griffin III, and Todd Collins. <laughs> In no particular order. Starting QBs for the Eagles since 2004. Sam Bradford, Coy Detmer, A.J. Feely, Nick Foles, Jeff Garcia, Kevin Cobb, Donovan McNabb, Mike McMahon, Mark Sanchez, Michael Vick, Carson Wentz, Vince Young. <laughs> I mean, how many of those? Let's see, nine, that's 12. And let's see, Dallas Cowboys starting quarterbacks since week 11 of 2004. Drew Bledsoe, Matt Castle, Vinny Testaverde, Brad Johnson, Drew Henson, Dak Prescott, John Kitna, Stephen McGee, Kellen Moore, Tony Romo, Kyle Orton, and Brandon Whedon. <laughs> and finally, your New York Giants. Starting quarterbacks since week 11 of 2004. Eli Manning. There it is, right there. When you see the graph, you gotta you gotta tweet, tweet that, that out. out. That's pretty. It really does have a little more impact there. So since week eleven of two thousand four, the Redskins have had ten different starting quarterbacks. The Eagles have had twelve. And let's see here. I'm gonna count them up. Cowboys have had. Let's see, that's nine. They've had twelve. 12 different starting quarterbacks in Dallas, 12 in Philadelphia, and 10 in Washington in the time that the Giants have had one. Eli Manning. We, he had to know that if the day was coming, he wouldn't be right. El numero uno. Well, and you know what it means? It's just historically, isn't it amazing how it flips, how everything just flips? You know, uh, 
we have young Ben Arnold here today shadowing some shows, learning radio from Pisgah. And ben told us earlier he was born in 2001, right? So in Ben's lifetime that he can remember, all he's ever known is Eli Manning as the starting quarterback of the New York Giants. Every year, it's, you can just count on it. All the while, the other teams in the Giants division in his entire lifetime have been one big carousel, big rotating, you know, whirly-go-round of quarterbacks. Just one after the other after the other and complete and utter instability at every one of those teams in that division. While the Giants, every year, without e- even questioning it, it's Eli Manning, year after year after year after year. And now, for the first time in young Ben's life, it's about to flip. Now, and I'm telling you, this is what's happening. Barring some injury we can't possibly foresee. And typical, with typical Manning graciousness. Oh, yeah. He's an out, not going to run his mouth. Right. He doesn't like it, but he's not going to be a big baby about it like a lot of these folks. But, you know, you, and, and here's what's going to happen. Dak Prescott is about to be the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys for the next 15 years if he can stay healthy. He'll be the, their quarterback year after year after year after year. And look at those other teams in that division. Do you believe Daniel Jones is about to be their quarterback for 15? No. <laughs> They're about to have a carousel, and it's starting right now in Dallas. Carson Wentz, maybe, but he's already been hurt, and it, and and so that's hard to stay out there for fifteen years. If you, and you can guarantee you, Washington, hey, look, Case Keenum, he won't last this year. So the stability in that division is about to flip. All right, Big Jim, on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Hey, What's up, Jim? How y'all doing today, Matt? Good, doing well. My, my argument for Eli Manning is I hear people all the time on the NBA and. Uh, uh, throw football, uh, a lot of time when a guy have stats and they'd be like, uh, like Charles Barkley, take him for example. Mm-hmm. They say he, he was a real good ball player, but he never could win the big one. And then you got other quarterbacks, they had a pretty decent, good, real good career, but they when it came down to the big playoffs and the um, Super Bowl or something, they did, they choked. Yeah. But Eli excelled at the biggest moments against the greatest quarterback in the history of the game. Right. And people are still wondering whether or not he's a, a Hall of Fame uh, yeah. uh, quarterback. And a lot of times that has to do with management and what management puts around and what's going on with the whole organization. Right. Not just with what the quarterback can and can't do. Eli has proven to people that he can do it when he have it, and he can battle the best of the best of the best when when the when the when the time comes, yeah. I so agree. a lot of the things that go on with Eli, I think it's very unfair. You know, I agree, Jim. And and listen, I think the debate is silly. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. There's no question. About he it. is too. And sitting there holding two Super Bowl rings, and he's been the starting quarterback of the Giants for 15 years. I mean, it's a it's a no brainer, Jim. Uh, it's a good call to end yeah. on today, man. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Wrap it up. Roger, I'll see you again tomorrow. All right. You're going to be here in town. Good. I think so. There's a That's chance. right, because you're going to be able to Yeah, there's a chance. That's right. I hope your uh, deal goes well tonight. Thank you. I'll have a full report tomorrow, good or bad. I'll <laughs> tell you all the details coming up tomorrow. On the show, in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. See you all tomorrow. See you. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.